Sam Hunt is a person, not a band. Is he? I, I don't know. Ask Are, Sam Hunt. Where do you go hunting Sam Hunt? Let's, let's not do that. Sam Hunt, 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 Hunt. What we should do, however, is open the podcast. Hello! Welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. This is August 16th, 2017. This is episode 85. We were I was right last week. You were wrong. Okay. I counted from where we started on the website. We'd skipped a number one week. Uh, I figured we'd skip a number one So we are... This is technically... Last week was 84. This is episode 85. Okay. Yeah, week. ignore so what it says down there. It's episode 85. It says, probably wrong. We'll fix it later. It says 83, <laughs> so I think... But yeah, Media Boat Podcast. We talked about... <laughs> Movies, we talk about television, we talk about music, and we talk about video games. Not necessarily in that order. And, um, yeah, uh, this has been quite a week. Yep. Uh, I'm Mike. He's yeah, Matt. I'm Matt. He's Mike. Um, and, yeah, let's get rolling into yep. it. So, uh, let's talk about the uh, box office for this The office of weekend, the boxes? Because that's where we always start. All right. Let's start with the box office. So, as... we called this one. Oh, we definitely called this one because... It was just an obvious call. It was, yeah. it was a layup. It was a gimme. Yes. It was a box office gimme. <laughs> As uh, your new release, Annabelle Creation. No, no, no. Animal, Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Creation would be a very different movie. Although, I feel like music. she's a, abandoned her music career for, I guess, being a YouTube person, I recently heard. Is she? Yeah, I recently heard that about Creation. Apparently, that's what she's doing nowadays. Just a YouTube person. She's always interested in film stuff. Okay. She directed on the side, and the music thing was kind of a a way to pay the bills. Yeah, a tangent. She kind of went on, but she her heart was really in directing. Apparently. Anyways, Anyways. less about Creation, more about Annabelle. Creation. Yep. uh, That number one at the box office, thirty-five million, makes it number one. Yeah. Easy. Easy number one this week. And Easy Gimme has it only costs fifteen million to make. Yeah. So So. Annabelle's already made its money. Yep. And once again, horror movies, low budget, low risk, high rewards for for horror movies. Story of twenty seventeen. Yep. So far, movie wise, it's just how successful these things are, and probably will continue to be. So, uh, what else was in our top five? Seeing uh, as you probably did not see Annabelle Creation. <laughs> no, no, neither did I. What do you know? I barely saw Annabelle. Yeah, we saw three seconds of Annabelle yeah. today on television. <laughs> yeah. That's the most of Annabelle I've seen. So, <laughs> goes to show you. So, um, in the meantime, what else is on our five? Number two? Hey, Mary Morse is there. Of course she is. Of course she is. We have the CMA Fest 2017 on in the background. Oh, yeah. By the way, I should tell Here. Dr. CMA Fest is on. Yeah. Just, just in case she, she isn't unaware. But anyways, number two was yes. uh, Dunkirk with $10 yeah, million. hanging in there. Christopher Nolan's uh, still making money. Yep. Uh, it, uh, $153 million total so far. Yeah. And that's just domestically. Right. Uh, so yeah, that thing's making money here. Uh, surprisingly, because it doesn't really have a strong cast. No, I mean, that's pretty much like we were yeah. talking about this kind of off the cast yesterday. But yeah, uh that movie is mostly just from word of mouth based on the director. Yeah. Like, you don't really need much more than that, I guess, with the Christopher Nolan movie anymore. He, he's <laughs> earned director-only status. He really has. He's gotten to Spielberg level, at least, with name recognition. Right. He's Kubrick-esque. And, uh, yeah. It's, it, I mean, especially in comparison to modern Spielberg movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, it's good. Although if we're talking modern Spielberg, we'd have to go with JJ. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you want. 
you know, if I want to separate this thing, yeah, emulation <laughs> as opposed to uh, appreciation. Yes, uh, but yeah, um, so it's good that that's doing well in a very very slow summer. I'm glad to see a movie that's actually good uh, stay on the top five. You still haven't seen it. I have not, but uh, I think I might wait for a home release for that. Because ever since that guy I, on the internet said something about being too loud in the theater, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to see something that's going to be super loud. Yeah, because you freaked out on Gravity. Yeah, I might wait until a home release. Yeah, remember you freaking out on Gravity, like, yeah. what is this thing? I must get out. It was a, it was a, that was a weird point in my life. <laughs> I was on edge back then. I'd probably be able to do it now. Yeah, now you're on Bono. That was another time. Yes, I'm on. All on Bono. All up on him. <laughs> Um, I, yeah. Uh, moving on, number three was the net job two. Insert yes. sexual innuendo. The the nut job two. Eight million. Nutty by nature. Yes. Is the actual subtitle of that movie. We're not making that up. Yep. Uh, that was number three this weekend. Number yeah. four was Dark Tower. Number one last week. Number four this week. Yeah. Big with rough. a steep fifty nine percent drop. No one cares. Thirty four million. That thing is made domestic. Literally, no one cares. Even the people who should care don't care. This is a huge blow to Sony. Yeah. This is supposed to be the tentpole film. This is supposed to be the one that um, garnered them money. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. I mean, surprisingly, Baby Driver is the one hit. Yeah. They, 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 Even they... Spider-Man Homecoming is very meh in terms of box office returns. It did really well that first weekend. Yeah. But yeah, and then rounding out our top five... Is a surprise, surprise, Girls Trip. Yeah, also has crazy legs. Also, Girl Strip. Yeah. Uh, 6.4 million makes it number five. 97 million on a 19 million budget. <laughs> no, tell uh, you, I don't want to experience a flatliner flat in 360 degrees. Sorry. Uh, yes. That's crazy that that's doing as well as it. I mean, it's not that crazy that it's doing well, but compared to other things on this list, the yeah. fact that Girl Strip is doing extremely good. I mean, it's going to hit $100 million on a, well, basically a $20 million budget. It's beating the Emoji movie. It's beating Dark Tower. It's beating, it's beating the Dark Tower. It's beating up everything mm-hmm. that isn't Spider-Man in Dunkirk. Yep. So that's saying a lot. Yeah. And uh, your other new release... Uh, that rounds up your top five, but your yes. other new release last week, The Glass Castle. Yeah. Open at number nine with $4.6 million. Pretty low. But yeah, but again, it had a of the theaters that... that um, that the blah, 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 uh, Annabelle did. Yes, at a fourth of so, the theaters, uh, and this is more of an indie, independent right. movie, anyways. It's just not going to attract the big crowds, especially not in the week. Right. Uh, this week. But uh, what do we have to look forward to uh, this coming weekend? We've actually got a two uh, comedies coming up this week. Okay. First up is The Hitman's Bodyguard. Okay, that's kind of more of an action comedy, but I'll give it to you. Yeah, action buddy comedy. Sure. This is your Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson uh, comedy. Yeah. Shoot 'em up comedy, you could say. Uh, And then following that is Logan Lucky. Right. This is your more of your independent picture, but it starts some really great names Uh, Daniel Craig, Adam Driver, Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, it's a, another heist movie. Uh, this time we're rolling around NASCAR, I think? Yeah, or a, a car racer of some sort. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go with um, uh, Hitman's Bodyguard here. I think that one's got the more press behind it. Yeah. 
It's got the bigger names behind it. Uh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is hot. Yeah. And I think that... Well, yes, and he's also a and really good actor. And he's also hot right now. So, <laughs> so, yes, I think that that thing will go off the strength of him and that I think it's... Um, it seems like a funny, interesting concept. Yeah, I think it's a bet. I think it will do better than Logan Lucky. I think Logan Lucky is just something that they need to get out now. Yeah, it's not a number one movie, which is bad because I feel like that could be the better movie of the two. It might be. For all I know, it might be. Um, but yeah, no one's gonna no one's gonna care as much. So we're gonna go with Hitman's Bodyguard. I am at least. All right. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be something like Annabelle with like thirty million. Oh yeah, it's not gonna hit more than probably th- around thirty, maybe less. But yeah, Annabelle won't repeat. So no, uh, look for the Hitman's Bodyguard being your number one movie next yep, week. That's our call. Yep. All right, moving into movie news. What do we got? Uh, box office. Well, we already covered. Oh that. yeah, we already. But we have the movie news. <laughs> we have the big story. That, that broke yeah. yesterday. Yeah, uh, man. Movie pass. Let's talk about this, because yeah. there's some there's some wrinkles to this thing. Well, no, that's just Miss America. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so, let's explain briefly what Movie Pass was, and then we'll talk about what Movie Pass now is. Alright, so Movie Pass used to be a $50 subscription where you could go to the movies and see all the new releases... Once, basically, whenever they came out, it was once a month, or not once a month. You paid. Yeah, you paid once monthly. a month. It was a monthly fee of fifty dollars, but you could see all new releases when they came out, but you could only see the movie one time. Right. So, um, essentially, now to make this clear, this is a independent company right. that was basically working with the movie theaters to basically allow them. Allow their members to use this as a pass to see unique movies daily, but only once. Right. And we actually covered this last year when it was first announced. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty good deal. And even at that price, depending on how often you see movies, it could be worth it. Seeing as you, if you're somebody maybe who, I don't know, covering movies for a podcast or something. I don't know who that person would be. Yeah. Uh, and are already going to see these movies when they come out every weekend then it makes sense to spend that much money. Right, well, because when this thing first came yeah. out, I actually looked into it, and for a $50 price point, it was definitely good for the summer. Yeah. But when you got around to the slower seasons, like so September, much. January, February, not so much. But you still have to pay that 50 bucks. Which anyways. brings us to yesterday. Yes. Uh, so a bomb, these guys at Movie Pass dropped a bomb on the internet. A giant bomb. No, no just a regular say? kite. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, so, so uh, they dropped the price. Yeah, not only they drop the bomb, they drop the price. They drop the price significantly. So it went from fifty dollars a month to nine ninety five yeah. a month. So ten bucks. Yeah, basically what Netflix. Yeah. What cost you, of Netflix. Yeah, what you pay Netflix for is basically, and for the same deal essentially, yes. where you can see a unique movie daily, one movie a day, right. and only once. So you have to like, you can't see a movie twice with this thing. But it's $9.99 a month at participating theaters, theaters that they've signed on with. Right, but those participating theaters still cover 90% of all theaters in the U.S. So, MoviePass claims. Right. Here's the wrinkle. There's a couple of things that are a little wrinkly. Uh, I, I got a wrinkle in the next story uh, as well. Yeah, I saw the other thing today as well. Uh, one of the things is that 
The company seems like a very small operation. And the well, problem with this... Well, it's small because it was started by the same guy who yeah. helped found Netflix. So the problem with that is, is that it seems like their team was not prepared for a huge influx of people going to their website yesterday and today, turns out, yeah, for it's information. Still, still it's still broken. Yeah. So one of the things that you can't do right now easily is find a list of every participating theater. You would think that a company that would want to expand their market membership, base. Uh, yeah, their market and their membership numbers with a price drop like this would be prepared to tell those members if they can even use the service that they want to buy. But as it stands right now, there is no clear way before signing up yep. that you can see the theaters in your area. There was briefly a link that connected to their website where a map mm-hmm. did show you some theaters, but was broken. The application was broken and wouldn't work upon even refreshing the page repeatedly. Some people seemed got to work briefly and were helping other, people's out, up at other people out with uh, zip codes at yep. other locations, but that doesn't cover everyone. So if you're not in those specific locations, you may not know whether you can even use this thing. So what's the other potentially bigger thing that might be a problem with this? Yeah, all right. Um, do we cover the past in general? Yeah. What? Because we're moving on to the next story then. No, no, no we're talking. We're still talking about the past here. Oh, okay. Unless yeah. you. So, did- so the other big thing yeah. about this is that even though it's ten dollars a month, the reason it's so cheap is because they're going to be selling that data. Yeah, oh, okay, then there's a third thing that I don't know if you saw that I'll add after this, but yes. Uh, yeah, basically, it was a uh, investment, you said. Yes. A couple of um, investment yes. companies. Uh, uh, there's a New York marketing group called yeah. Helios and Matheson, and basically, they'll just be gathering your data in yeah, order to the, sell it. They're for a data mining company, and they basically said, it's like, hey, you guys want to make a deal? Like, if you drop the price and get a bunch of people, we are basically going to gather data um, for what movies are being seen, by who, etc., which is smart because at this point everything requires you to sign a, a EULA and so there's probably just in the, the, the agreement that mm-hmm. you sign when you become a member that says hey I'm okay with sharing this information Yep. so yeah I mean some people are a little more wary of that than others and I understand why you would want to because um, location you know basically is telling a company where you are right also I don't want anyone knowing that I saw Fifty Shades of Grey right I mean there's that too but generally speaking, um, it does technically, in theory, could go to something important or that you would deem important as a movie viewer. It could eventually yes. lead to more movies maybe being made that you like because they have the data that you've seen it. That's, of course, the most hopeful thing that could possibly come out of it. Who knows if that's actually going to be what they use that for. Um, but I'd like to remain optimistic when I can. The other thing that I saw today that I didn't see yesterday, um, apparently... Somebody high up at AMC um, is now basically at, at the theaters, not the television network. I know. That's uh, the theater logo. <laughs> yeah, and somebody at AMC was very uh, clear in that they are going to um, try to fight this thing, and that they are not on board with the concept of such a low price uh, being the entry point for somebody to see movies at their theaters. Oh, yeah. Uh, AMC, the theater chain, yeah. uh, owned by the Wanda Group, as we previously stated. Yeah. Uh, is currently uh, seeking legal action against yeah. them in a statement that they made shortly after they after MoviePass made its $10 announcement. Yeah. 
they said that its model, quote, is not in the best interest of moviegoers, movie theaters, and movie studios. And this is coming off of AMC having a really low summer's point sales. Yeah. Uh, yeah, For a really slow summer. Yeah, for a really slow summer. I mean, we've covered the box office here. Like many things on this podcast, I am of two minds about this. And the reason is is because I kind of agree with both companies here. Mm -hmm. It sucks for AMC because you're right. They have had a very slow season. And their system is built on bringing people in at a predictable rate. They make these deals basically to have these movies from these studios based on expected ticket sales. That's how deals get made. That's how theaters get movies in them. That's always been the case. Uh, Yes. It's called distribution. You can make the cliche argument that people always do make, which is, oh, it's not the movies where they make money. It's (laughs) the concessions. And they're not wrong. Uh, That is where a lot of their income comes from. Which is actually stated by MoviePass. But a lot of their other income comes from the studios, who are basically paying them to house their movies. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of think of it as like a whole, like from a 360 point of view from where AMC is sitting. That being said, all old industries need to evolve. And I think, if anything, this could be potentially the transformation of movies into a service, just like we saw Netflix turn television into a service. Or just basically movies in general that started shipping DVDs by mail. I mean, yeah, this stuff is could potentially uh, promote a sea change about how people pay for movies, and that could maybe lead to some important thing changes in how movies are seen in theaters. I definitely want there to still be theaters. I am definitely a strong proponent for the movie-going experience. Some movies are meant to be seen in a theater. Loud, big, communal. That works for a lot of very specific movies. Something like Dunkirk wouldn't be the same at home. Something like even Annabelle, you know, like horror movies are almost built for that communal aspect of being scared when everybody else is scared in a theater, in a dark theater. You know, it's like I don't definitely want this to come across as I think that movie theaters are old and and decrepit and should change. I'm saying that this is a way that they can have the experience of being in a theater and still have a better way, a saner way for people to pay for it. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm conflicted, um, but ultimately we'll just have to see how this shakes out. But losing AMC would be a big hit for uh, the movie pass stuff. If they drop out, then... You You're talking about 22% of yeah, the marketplace. that's a chunk. I mean, you still have, like, Lowe's, and you still have Edwards. Edwards and uh, Sorry, Hawkins. Regal, I guess. So yeah, Regal and Hawkins. Now. And so, yeah, you still have a lot of major players there, but AMC theaters are everywhere. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be a loss for them. Well... What if I told you that MoviePass and AMC used to work together? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, so uh, uh, MoviePass and AMC had actually worked together in 2015 when the companies partnered on a pilot program in select markets. Yeah. During this program, a, uh, MoviePass gathered its data and said that their and they claimed that their model actually boosted attendance by 111 mm-hmm. percent, and its customers actually bought more concessions. Oh, wow. Okay. So, that's based on the study two years ago when they did this pilot program. And also when they were charging $50 a pop. Right. So, I think that maybe, maybe that was the straw 
that they're concerned that a lower entry point that's what they're saying that's could what, bring the dregs in. Well, yes, that's what AMC is worried about yeah. because what MoviePass does is that it actually resells the ticket to customers and purchases them at full price using a MasterCard debit card, which yeah. is shipped to each person. Yeah. So movie theaters are still essentially getting their full ticket price. Yeah. However, it just may not be a sound business model in terms of return on investment. Yep. At which point you could see MoviePass asking for either a a portion of concessions if should eh, something like that. I don't know if we'll go that far. I don't think it'll go that far either. That's actually what AFC said. Is that, I think worst case... The, the, the worst case scenario, that that's what they were thinking. I think re- more realistic worst case scenario is just AMC just drops out of this. Yeah. I would just say them pulling their pulling their support for their theaters. Yep. Cause, well, because AMC already does its own uh, stubs reward program. Right, yeah. But then so, so does Regal. A lot of the major yeah. players have reward programs. Right. But this seems different enough where one cannibalize that either. I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how this shakes out. But yeah, I mean, I know that you're pretty much on board as soon as we get confirmation that we can use it. Yep. Because yeah, that's a no-brainer for you. Oh yeah. Spend. I mean, ten dollars. If I go to, less, if I go to, twice in a yeah in a year, in a, twice a month, twice a month, you which are, I automatically do anyways. You do anyways. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's a no brainer. Wow, we almost had ourselves on our podcast. Just yes, a we do have ourselves on our podcast. But I mean, like again, uh, a second time. No, I'm looking for the live chat. Oh, uh, but yeah. So uh, that, that that probably we probably talked yeah about we cut that one to death. Oh my god! Now we have got the other big news that happened. Unfortunately, it's a Deadpool. Yep, and we have Deadpool story. Okay, what what's about what? What's uh, while Deadpool? while filming Deadpool two, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, yeah, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, while filming Deadpool two in uh, Vancouver, okay, there was a tragic accident. Right. Yes. Uh, while on set, a stunt driver died. Yeah. Um, while filming Vancouver, filming a motorcycle stunt at the Jack Pool Plaza near downtown Waterfront. Okay. Uh, the stunt woman. Yeah. Appeared to lose control of the motorcycle. Which drove offset and crashed through a window window pane across the street at Shaw Tower. The stunt driver was identified as Joy Harris, and was an, actually an accomplished motorcycle racer from Brooklyn, New York. Oh wow! And built herself uh, had she self proclaimed uh, the, the first African American woman to ride in sanctioned road races. Damn! Uh, this movie was actually her first uh, film as a stunt performer. And she had done several uh, practice runs prior to the accident. Hmm. Um, this is uh, very sad news, of course. Yeah. Um, this is actually the first. Uh, she's the first person to die uh, while, she, while doing a shoot in Vancouver since October of 1996. Wow. When someone uh, suffered a parachute malfunction after jumping out of a helicopter. Yeah, no, that's so, that's that's a tough one because, you know, she was doing something that I'm sure she's very trained in. Sounds like she said she was adept at. Yeah, she was definitely sound like a professional yeah. motor, motorcycle but rider. Accidents can happen on sets, yeah. especially when you're doing stunts. Stunts right. are complicated. They require a lot of prep, and if one little thing goes wrong, something like this can happen. Right, and even though if you do the stunt over and over during practice, you never know. Think, yeah. You don't ever really know. You can't predict a lot of the small things going wrong. So yeah, that's that's sad, and we definitely, uh, yeah, we definitely have uh, her in mind. 
Uh, but ultimately, I, I think that she was doing something that she enjoyed, you know, like, yeah. and I think that she wouldn't have had it any other way, I'm sure, you know, doing the thing that she was her passion. Mm-hmm. So, still very sad. Yep. Very sad. Uh, moving on to our next story. What? what? <laughs> That's <laughs> Leo. Leo. <coughs> That's Leo. Leonardo. Yes, Leo. The Vinci. No. Not, is yeah. that another Leonardo? Not, yeah, that's another Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Well, which one is this? Um, <laughs> yes. As this is Leo on Leo. Leo on Leo action? Yes, Leo on Leo action. Okay, what do we got? So, um, Paramount has uh, just beaten out Universal in a seven-figure bidding war Damn. for the right to Walter Isaacson's book on Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. Which stars, which will star, Leonardo DiCaprio That's so dumb. as Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> this is some Leo on Leo action. Uh, DiCaprio will also produce the film under his, his company Appian Way. Okay. So I, ICM Partners actually brokered the deal for Isaacson and his book Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> in advance of its release. Okay. This book is not out yet. Of course, it's not. Already has a right. big, already be made into a movie. Seven figure deal. Yeah, it's the kind of deal I love. <laughs> Sight unseen. Yep. Uh, however, <laughs> Isaacson is a New York Times best-selling author. So okay, he's established. Who has written biographies for other notable thinkers such as Albert Einstein, Steve Jobs, and Benjamin Franklin. Okay. In fact, his 2007 book Einstein: His Life and Universe. Yeah. The source material for National Geographic's oh, Einstein uh, Genius. Genius series. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, his, the upcoming book, Leonardo da Vinci, is set to release on October 17th, 2017. Okay. Sure, why not? That's, yep. that's double Leo. Leo yep, which Leo's means uh, look for 2019 release, probably. Yeah, probably. Get your Leo on yep. 2019. Maybe 18. Maybe late, late 18. 18. Or just... December. Yeah. I can say that's late December. Well, yeah. After Oscar buzz. No, pre-Oscar buzz. You think? Yeah. That doesn't scream Oscar to me. Leo, Leo as Leo? No. Does that scream Oscar? I think that's too silly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. But yeah. Um, I think so, it's great. There we go. That's a thing. I think that's great. Alright. And lastly. The Bits. The Bits. The Bits. All right, going fast here. Uh, Daniel Craig confirms he is in for Bond 25. Yeah, finally. Yes. <laughs> After coast, like going back and forth on it so much. They, apparently he needs a paycheck. Well, hey, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger confirms he's set for the next Terminator film, which will supposedly state why all Terminators look like him. Oh, well, finally. Yeah. Good. I thought we already established that in the last one. I, I, where I he said he was a scientist, one, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it was either that one or it was a salvation where Arnold was a scientist, and so he made them that look one. like... Yeah, because I saw that one. Yeah, which I thought we already established that, but I guess not. Yeah, guess not. All right. Uh, Tommy Wiseau yep. approves of the Disaster Artist film. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. At least 99.9% of it. So he's the, he's <laughs> the guy who is the original director uh, writer of The Room, yes. which is what... The disaster artist is about him and the room. Right, and 
James Franco is yeah. playing him in the movie, right? And he approves of the work that they have done. Well, that's good. I, you know what? I feel like he's at this point. He, he would have to be self-aware about this whole thing. You would think that. You would, but think. apparently, in several interviews, he actually goes back and forth on. Really? Yes, back and forth on. Admitting that it's bad and not admitting that it's bad. Yes. God, he should know at this point. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Speaking of things that are bad, okay. Hayao Miyazaki returns to Studio Ghibli for yet another film. That's not bad. That's good. Hey, that man needs to retire. That's capital G good. <laughs> I'm excited to that see that. That guy needs Miyazaki. to retire. I know this is like the fourth time, but still. Yeah. Speaking of fourth, okay. Avengers 4 begins yeah. filming. What? Uh, huh? Yep. Yeah, Avengers 4 begins <laughs> filming. What? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Still have three? Three it hasn't even come out yet. Yes, three is Infinity War, which has yet to come out yet. But because we know that they're shooting these things back to right, back, right? So they're, it's starting right away. Yep. Okay. It's starting right away. Um, still, shouldn't, no. To be fair, should we yet. just call this three part two? Well, that's what original was going to be, right? But apparently, they go with a completely different script now. Sure. So we don't know what this thing. This thing has no surtitle. It's just shooting subtitle? at Avengers four or surtitle. Surtitle. Subtitle. No subtitles is what goes. Yeah. Right underneath that's hidden. Yeah. It's Sir Title. No. You're a Sir Title. Anyways. <laughs> and Sir, lastly, Sir Forbes released its top paying actresses. Yeah. Who tops the list? Jennifer Lawrence. No. No? No. She has for like the last three years. Well, yeah. That's because she was getting that that okay. Hunger Games money. David O'Russell money. No, that, that Hunger Games money. Oh, yeah. Money. Also that Hunger Games Also money. the X-Men money. Oh, yeah. Jeez. So who's on top now? Heh. <laughs> No, I'm... This, this. <laughs> God damn it. Emma Stone's on top. Oh, okay, yeah. The La La Land money. Yep, she got a huge bump from La La Land. Uh, and she, Yep. <laughs> and she's also coming in uh, hot on that uh, Billie Jean King movie, Battle oh, of the right. Sexes. Yeah. With okay. Steve Carell. Uh, she brought in a total of $26 million. Cool. Yeah. Cool $26 million. Good for her. Good for her from, um, you know, coming up pretty much out of nothing. Yeah, I mean, to... yeah, especially like dying in the middle of a franchise. <laughs> yeah, I do. And um, and then the franchise died with her. Being like stuff like Easy A, like it's cool to see her in Zombieland graduating into the yeah Zombieland and graduating into the big the big dogs. Yep. I mean, she did win an Oscar, so yeah. That's good for she's her. Academy Award winning actress. Good for. So guess who's number her. two then? Uh God, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds. Is this male and female? No, this is a female. This is just women? Okay. Uh, Not Jennifer Lawrence? (laughs) Well, it's Jennifer, all right. Oh, Jennifer. Not Lawrence. Jennifer? Yeah. There's another Jennifer? Yeah. Jennifer. Not Jennifer Lopez. No. Jennifer. Not Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Yes, Jennifer yes, Aniston. What the hell has she been doing? <laughs> well, even though she hasn't made a whole lot of movies, she actually okay. has a lot of endorsement deals, oh. including the Emirates, uh, the United Emirates, uh, sure, airline. airline, yes, all right, and Smartwater. Oh, sure, and Avino. Yeah, okay. So yeah, she's making that ad money. Yep, she's making that ad money. Sure. Yep, okay. uh, she comes in at twenty-five point five million. Not bad. Then you have twenty Jennifer Lawrence right. with twenty-four million. Okay. Then just drops from there to Melissa McCarthy at okay. 18 million and Mila Kunis at 15.5 million. And yeah. she rounds out your top five. Not bad. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that, make, that list makes sense. Yeah. Cool. All right, moving on to TV. Television. Uh, no sports related except that um, 
sports is continuing to happen. We're in the middle of the preseason. So, uh, get your fancy football seasons together. Yeah. Uh, Do some mock drafting. Coming up quick. Yep. Uh, uh, preseason still happening, so check out preseason games if you are into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if you want to see uh, the future players of tomorrow play today. Today. And <laughs> <laughs> the future of football. Yep. Today. Both of them. That's John Oliver. Yeah. What's up with him? Uh, apparently a lawsuit. Well, another one, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's just getting all sorts of them. So, um, a couple weeks ago, John Oliver made a, uh, on a show, he called out uh, one Robert E. Murray. Oh, yeah. A.K.A. the Coal Baron. This is not new new news. Oh, sure. it's new news. <laughs> it's new news. Uh, so, yeah, so, while well, what's not news is that he was suing him. We yeah. already knew that. We knew that. What we know now is that this thing is going to a local court. Okay. Uh, HBO tried to get a uh, federal court. Uh, tr- uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. What, what, what? Yeah, so a judge. Yeah, yeah so uh, U.S. District Judge John Preston Bailey uh, rejected HBO's efforts to move the case to a federal court from its jurisdiction of West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, he ruled that, quote, that both motions uh, contain questions of law suited for the state court. Accordingly, this action is hereby remanded to the Circuit Court of Marshall County, West Virginia. Okay. That's where the trial will take place. Now, here's why HBO wanted it moved. Because neither HBO, John Oliver, nor Robert E. Murray reside in West Virginia, Marshall County. That's fair. So they wanted to take it to a bigger court where yeah. either like New York or L.A. or even Texas where Murray lives. You know, someplace of easy access. Yeah. But no. But no. Now they have to take time off of the, all, all of their schedules to figure this out. Right. Um, so uh, let's brief context here. Let's rewind the clock a little bit. If you're not familiar with what we're talking about, uh, John Oliver did a piece on this Cole Baron um, on his show last week tonight. Uh, he was very clear during the show that this man was very litigious. He expected to be sued and treated the show accordingly. That being said, still got sued. The guy was still basically complaining about being defamed yes. on television. He's claiming for deep defamation. Yeah. Not only that, but the ACLU, yeah. which is, uh, and its, um, its uh, entities, which are located in Marshall County, uh, are also uh, suing, which is why it's located there, because that's where it was first filed. Yeah. What a crazy week for the ACLU. Anyways, yep. moving on. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Uh, Marshall County Coal Company and three other Murray entities were named as plaintiffs in the initial civil action submitted in West Virginia. Even though they're all not properly joined together, they're claiming it all as a class action... Because they are separate companies and entities. Yeah. And because it's filed there, that's where it's going to remain. So, rack up those uh, airline miles. Yep. I don't think that uh, HBO has much to worry about here. I think that that seemed like their lawyers were very sure when that thing aired that they were not doing anything outside of uh, their their rights. Well, because all they were doing was just stating the facts. Yeah, literally. 
And that's all they did. That's all they did. That's all he did. Of course, he had some fun with it. Right. I mean, expect, I, I mean, know? outside of calling him Doctor Evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of that is necessarily like you can get away with some of those things. There's a little fudging that you can do, and yeah, ultimately, I think in a court of law that you know, his his claims will not stand. Right. Also, good luck trying to find someone in that area who does yeah. not watch John Oliver. Yeah. I mean. Just in general, that thing's been all over YouTube, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't have HBO, I mean, yeah, the, that stuff gets traction on the internet. Yep. All right. Now, moving on. Okay. That is Shonda Rhimes. Why, it is. Yeah, she made some waves this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's also made some hits. For also, it has in the past and maybe in the future, too. Yep. So, uh, Shonda Rhimes, best known as the ABC writer, creator, showrunner for Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder... Basically, most of the dramatic hits that ABC has had in the last 10 years. Will no longer be at ABC. No. Not because ABC's kicking her out. But she was poached. Yeah. A poaching happened. Netflix. Netflix got her. Netflix and all that money. Finally got her. Signed a new deal with Netflix. Yep. A multi-year production deal with Netflix, yep. uh, which, which she was getting at ABC, was $10 million a year. This is going to be that plus a premium. So, yeah. So, she's going to be rolling that money. There's a reason probably why she signed this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, this will include one show that's already in the cooker, right? Right. Uh, I don't have the name for that show. But, yeah. It's, but yeah. It's, it's, it's something kind of in the same lines of what she's done in the past. A, a female-centric drama. Uh, it will premiere right. now on Netflix as opposed to previously being something that was slated for ABC. We'll move completely to Netflix and... Yeah, um, right. she will develop content and for them. Just to give a, just a small sample of how big she is. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Fourteen seasons. That thing has lasted forever. Yep, and they're still planning a spinoff on that. Yeah. Um. Yep. Uh. This actually coincides uh, with. Wasn't the... Grey's Anatomy itself a spinoff? No. No. I don't think so. Okay. That was a spinoff of Private Practice. No. Was, was Private it? Practice a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy? I think so. Am I getting those two of us mixed up? Maybe. Okay. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> anyways. Um, That's my sister. She probably would know. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, this move actually coincides with an earlier report that Netflix said that it's looking to spend $7 billion in <laughs> original program content next year. And that'd be a lot of it right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's smart for Netflix. 100% intelligent. Especially with, them, with Disney... Uh, making the moves that they are. Yep. That's big steal. Basically, like, I mean, nope, especially we got since it. Netflix just pulled their Disney lineup, and well, now they're pulling going from. To. Now they're gonna pull from Disney itself. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, that's good news for Netflix though, and good news yeah, which, for Sean Rhimes. Which, if that sounds like there's gonna be some bad blood between the two, that's actually not the case. No. <laughs> Uh, funny enough that both Bob, CEO Bob Iger and Reed Hastings yeah. are actually really good friends. Because of course they are. Of course because they are. CEOs love CEOs. Yeah. Alright. Uh, well, so this, this is just business for them. It, there's yeah. no bad ill between either Netflix No, because or Netflix knows that they're going to stay afloat regardless of what Disney does. Yeah. Because they're freaking Netflix. But yeah. Uh, what else do we have? We've got this man. I have no idea. It looks like he has a fanny pack. <laughs> is that not a fanny pack? That's not a fanny pack. Okay, what is it? That is a championship belt. Oh, he's a wrestler, wrestler man. Uh, wrestler he, man. You could say he is the wrestler man. Is he John Cena? No. No, I can't tell. He is the the wrestler man. 
of WrestleMania. Then I have no idea. If he's not John Cena, I don't know who he is. Uh, maybe for him. Um, okay, maybe. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, he got his head shaved by one president. Uh, just tell me. Dismiss. Uh, that that is none other than Vince the Man McMahon. Oh, he's the guy who runs the thing. Yeah, he doesn't play. He's not a wrestler then. He he, he was a former. Oh well, yeah, he was a he former runs the whole wrestler. Deal. But yeah, now he runs the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the reason he's up there is because he's learning. He's about to learn some Mandarin. As Vince McMahon <laughs> is bringing WWE to China. Sure. Okay. Via subscription video on demand services. Including all live pay-per-view oh, events. So the WWE Network. Yes. Okay, making sure that is a thing that I'm familiar with. The WWE Network yeah, uh, okay. strikes an exclusive deal with Suning Sports Media, starting okay. August 18th, and will include marquee promotions, WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Sure. Okay. Uh, Suning Sports Media (PPTV) is already. Uh, has China's rights to UFC and the English Premier League. Hey, I love myself some PPTV. <laughs> I hear that's where uh, that, that, that tape of the, the Russians and the, you know, the models in the hotel. The Yellow River flows to <laughs> China. It really does. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this comes uh, <laughs> just days before SummerSlam 2017 is to, is to begin. Okay. Uh, and that will be broadcasted live with Mandarin commentary on August 21st, 7 a.m. Beijing time. That's uh, early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, through this uh, agreement, Chinese wrestling fans will now have access to a wider variety of WWE content, including NXT, 205 Live, Total Divas, as well as the vast library of classic matches. Uh, this means that the WWE Network is now available in more than 180 countries around the Damn, world. that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of countries. I mean, you don't need a whole lot of dialogue to slam someone to the ground. I guess you don't. Well, although, I feel like Total Divas is mostly talking. That's a reality show. Is it? Yes. I thought it was just female Total wrestlers. Divas is the reality show that's about the divas from the WWE. Okay. Also, they're phasing out the divas as a brand, from what I remember. So that might not be on there for too long. Unless it's just the back catalog. It's all in the back catalog. Yeah, so Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, that that's probably good for um, a market that probably hasn't had a whole lot of um, of exposure to American professional wrestling. <laughs> no. <laughs> but there is of it. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I, Get ready for the John Cena meme to take over right, China. Right, there it is, yes. John Cena can be big in China now. <laughs> Isn't The Rock already big in China? Yeah. So that already happened. So, yeah. Cool. Yep. That's, I guess, good news. Yep. Yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, it is. Yep. All right. All right, moving on. Uh, just when you thought they were gone, okay. they're coming back. Singing competitions. Yeah, they're <laughs> back. Like never before. Oh, yeah. Thanks to the success of The Voice, everybody wants a piece of this pie again. Yep. Uh, so, even though we've already come with the failed experiment of Boy Band. Yep. And the recent cancellation of American Idol on Fox. Yeah. The voice is still going strong. It is. Pulling in all those viewers that people miss. Uh, singing competitions. And now, looks like networks are wanting back in. So so badly that we had already reported that ABC... Will be reviving uh, American Idol. American Idol, or will be soon. Yes. Uh, not only that, but Fox will be doing its own... Yes. 
uh, interpretation of boy band called The Four. The Four. So, do you know, do you have a little synopsis of what, what The Four is? No. I heard it's based on a format that's actually foreign. Okay, It's no. like a, like a, I don't remember what, what country origin was. But yeah, apparently it's like they're borrowing a music format from another country. Okay. To launch this show. And then, today, it broke that there's yet another something in the works. Yep. Uh, an untitled project by CBS starring Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun of Justin Bieber fame. Yep. Um, he was the guy who just, quote, discovered, unquote, Bieber <laughs> and put him on YouTube originally, yeah. which made Bieber a star. Um, yeah, Canadian super producer extraordinaire, Scooter Braun, uh, might be helming a CBS show. Yep. So, yeah, they could all three be going up against each other, for all we know. Yep. Uh, expect all this to happen within the next year or two? Yeah. Early next year. Yeah. Early. Probably. I mean, it's not, it's not, it doesn't cost a whole lot to put singing competitions no, together. No, it really does not. They're, they're cheap. Yep, they are cheap, yep. for sure. And that brings us to our next story. DuckTales. Woo! DuckTales premiered yeah. uh, this past uh, week end. Was it weekend? Yeah, weekend. I don't know. We, we caught it a, little, a couple days after. But yeah, um, the reboot, the Disney XD? Yes, Disney XD reboot yep. of 80s classic uh, animated um, uh, Duck series, Tales. DuckTales. Um, is, has debuted. It debuted in the form of a two-episode back-to-back kind of movie event, hour long. And yeah, um, what do you think of uh, well done. Neo DuckTales? Neo DuckTales. I thought it was way better than it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, like, yeah. I like all the establishment that they did, uh, not only in Scrooge McDuck's backstory, mm-hmm. but also establishing that, hey, you can still move and groove with the best of them. Um, I got, and the internet seems to uh, be of, of this mind as well, I got major Gravity Falls vibes. Yeah. Um, uh, there's definitely a mystery at the end, yeah. which led, led, led on to what could possibly be running, um, running storylines throughout it, the series. Yeah, and that same kind of feeling of, here's a show that's ostensibly a comedy, but it's also an adventure. Like yeah. you, you get this, this, this real tone, and I think that it tries to recapture the original tone of the show as well, which also involved a lot of these, like... From what I understand, as I confess to you after yes, you watch this, I do not have any nostalgia for DuckTales. I feel like DuckTales hit right before me. Like, I was just a little too young for it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really have the nostalgia that a lot of people do for it. That being said, from what I understand, that's what it was originally as well. This kind of hybrid thing. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of adventure, a lot of action stuff, with some comedy tossed in. And it seems like that is definitely what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was really well written. I thought the characters, if they're uh, pretty distinct voices, yes. uh, both uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> uh, except, man, it's hard to understand what freaking Donald Duck is talking yeah. about. Yeah, don't be surprised Donald Duck <laughs> somehow gets phased down in this thing. Or if he, or if maybe they just give him less things to say. Yeah. Because I was struggling early on at the episode. I got better as the episode went on, understanding what he was saying. Right, but, but the first few things they have, the lines they gave. But him, that's also like, just Donald. <laughs> He's subtitles for Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> That's the solution. But I don't know. Besides that, it could just be a nip. <coughs> um, ultimately, I thought they did a good job then. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, um, more of that will be coming soon, I'm sure. So. Oh, yeah. Don't expect this thing to get renewed, like, immediately. Oh, it, I think it already has been, actually. I think they already got some more stuff yep. uh, coming in the pipeline. So, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, good time to uh, have uh, cartoons. Yeah. 
I mean, basically everyone that we grew up, like, we're based it out writing the cartoons. Yeah. We know what good stories are. Yeah. We just have to retell them as best we can. It's true. And that brings us to... Cancellations and renewals. and renewals. Uh, first up, we have... Oh, uh, I already said the fat word. Uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. What the hell is that? That is a Coen Brothers six-episode Western anthology. Okay. Uh, set for 2018. Coming to Netflix. Of course it is. Part of that $7 million budget right there. It sure is. Coen uh, Brothers are cheap. Nope. That's especially cool. If you're, especially if you get them for six episodes. I That sounds very interesting. Uh, we also have The Love Connection. It's yeah. a second season on Fox. Yeah, game shows still cheap. Yep. We have a <laughs> Queen of the South. It's a third season on USA. Sure. Glow gets a ten episode second season yes. on Netflix. Excited. Uh, but Netflix does cancel Gypsy after one season. And nobody cares. <laughs> yep. But Ozark does get a second season. Yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah. I didn't hear great things about that thing. But hey, Jason Bateman's getting a paycheck, so yep. I'm okay with that. Well, supposedly uh, they're also working on that um, the next season of Arrested Development. Yes, they so, are. Some more Jason Bateman. Yeah, more Jason Bateman. Yep. Bateman on your Netflix. Yep. And then uh, cancellation or death, uh, aside from uh, the previous death that we mentioned, of Deadpool 2. We have no Deadpool 2. Yeah. Uh, we also have Victor Pemberton, age 85. Doctor Who writer. Oh. And... The inventor of the Sonic Screwdriver. Oh, okay. Now, the reason I say inventor because sure. the beginning, the Doctor didn't always have a Sonic Screwdriver. Okay. It was actually written into the script uh, back in 1968 in the story Fury from the Deep, uh, written by Victor Pemberton, in which it first introduced huh. the, Sonic, the, uh, the concept and the actual Sonic Screwdriver itself. That's interesting. And since then, it's been a mainstay right. of Doctor Who. From there on, they yeah. always had to have him. Yep. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that's a little bit of uh, Doctor Who trivia I wasn't privy to. Yeah. Huh, cool. It's cool. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's a lot. Not a whole lot of deaths this week. Okay. That's always good. Yes. That's good news. Yes, good news, everybody. Yes. Uh, so, let's uh, pivot to video games. Video games. That's a PlayStation 4. Yes. That's a PS4, because PlayStation Experience yes. is coming back. That's the date. Yes. As we previously uh, mentioned, uh, there was a leak for the PlayStation Experience, but now it is officially confirmed by Sony to have a date. It will once again be yes. set in Anaheim, California. For context, PlayStation Experience is a show, an exposition, if you will, that Sony puts on for PlayStation. It is a Sony-exclusive thing. Usually they have mostly first-party Sony news. They'll have a press conference where they will make announcements, and they will have places on the show floor where fans who buy tickets can play new games. Right. Now, I was supposed to go last year. Yeah. Something I ended came up, going, up. Uh, Yeah, a cruise came up. Yes. You could not. <laughs> yeah, the booze cruise. We'll probably go this year. Probably. Because we now have a, sh- a, a site to report it. Yes. For, report on it. You can report directly so, yeah, live from it, too. December 9th and 10th. Yep, December 9th and 10th. Uh, and Anaheim Convention Center, yes. down in our backyard. Yes. So. Uh, however, there's also an early bird ticket. There's uh, Early bird. <laughs> if you purchase the early bird ticket holder, yeah. uh, you will receive an invitation to a special event held on Friday, December 8th, uh, during which you will have a chance to get up close and personal with game developers and PlayStation personalities. 
Oh, great. PlayStation personalities. Tickets are on sale for $65 uh, for the early bird tickets. Uh, and if you miss out on that sale, their regular price is $75. Cool. This is up $5 from last year when it was 60 Yeah, but hey, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, during the PlayStation experience, uh, will be the Capcom Cup. Okay. That sounds like a fighting game thing. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, this will be a special tournament uh, uh, stage uh, dedicated to the highest level Street Fighter V competition in the world. And matches will take place all day on Sunday with the grand finale being Sunday night. Uh, cool. Top prize... $250,000. Damn. Just for kicking someone's ass at Street Fighter. Hey, that's worth it, man. Yep, uh, you'll also get the chance to be crowned the 2017 Street Fighter V World Champion. Cool. A uh, little tidbit about Street Fighter V is currently surpassed 1.5 million copies in the world. Wow, not bad. So, yeah. Uh, bring your, bring your yeah. game sticks. For being something that I think initially experienced a lot of issues when it first came out, that's good that that's... Uh, Coming back around. Yep. Cool. What else? Yep. Uh, so yeah, we're getting into that. Um, coming up next is these guys. That's not the new Ubisoft logo. They do. They do. Yeah, I did a story on the site. Remember? No. Like the the week we launched. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old story, but yes. Well, that's uh, an old logo. So what's up with Ubisoft? Well, speaking of tournaments, Ubisoft hosted a tournament. Did they? Yeah. For their latest fighting game, For Honor. Well, can you really call that a fighting game? Well, medieval combat game. Let's put it that well, way. Well, I don't even think you call it a fighting game, even so, because it is super broken. Yeah. Yeah. And it was super exploited during the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, their tournament, uh, Ubisoft tournament, didn't quite go as planned as the hero Raider was used to exploit the game's unbalanced nature and technical stability. Fun. Uh, in addition to Raider being overpowered, certain bugs became apparent, which uh, led to the loss of matches and other things. Other things. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> however, the big blow came when the winner of the tournament actually admitted to using an exploit called Unlock Tech. How could he? Which is a technique okay. uh, performed... At a particular time to make certain attacks either bypass one's block or make attacks happen faster. Or wow. or double attack, where you block one attack, the first attack, but the second attack lands automatically. So when did he admit this? Like immediately? Post-game post interview. So, so this would be like if Tom Brady, after that one game, had just gone up to the interviewer and be like, Yeah, we won, but I have to be honest with you, we definitely deflated that ball. No, it would have like he would have said... Yeah, uh, so we made some second half adjustments. I yeah. kind of better grip on the ball and I yeah. just sling it like that, something like that. <laughs> it felt a little lighter. I don't know why. <laughs> Man, that's that's yeah. kind of messed up. Well, here's the thing though: that these issues have been heavily debated in the For Honor community, actually leading up to the tournament. Okay, Ubisoft decided not to fix any okay. of it. Okay, so they were aware of it. It's just that they didn't think it was going to affect their competitors, and so they didn't make some sort of sweeping judgment about whether to outlaw it. Right. Okay. Which makes the game super broken between <laughs> advanced players yeah. who use actual techniques or someone who just breaks the game. Just cheeses it. Yep. Well, that's unfortunate. But, hey, 
I, hopefully that means that they fix it in the future. Hopefully. hopefully Ubisoft does something about it on a game level. Yeah, hopefully. Especially in competitions. Like, feel free play, you know, whatever. No one cares. But, yeah, like, if you're going to have competitions with, you know, prizes on the line, you really got to think about that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. All right, what's next? Next up. Beyond. That is D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond? Yeah. What's that? So if you ever wanted to get into D- uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I not. or <laughs> wanted to ever experience Dungeons and Dragons, I'd like to watch a bunch of people play some D and D. Yeah, someday. Are you looking at me? I don't know. No, I don't you, know. you seem to be interested in doing it. I am interested in doing it. Hey, we can even and, podcast it. Well, yes, and actually, <laughs> using D and D Beyond would actually be a smart way to do such a thing. Okay, so tell me what D and D Beyond is. D and D Beyond. Is an is an official digital toolset yeah. for Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Cool. Over two hundred thousand beta testers have actually helped shape uh, this digital event, shape. and this new digital companion web app aims to enhance the D and D experience by making game management easier by putting all the game information you need to tell fantastic stories in digital format, and eliminating the need for manual manually searching through books. It also takes the load off of players through uh, other features, including creative characters, spells, um, infinite weapons, monsters. You can create... It's basically D&D Online, or like okay. D&D Lite. That's a, yeah, that sounds like that would be helpful. It's very modernized. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Um, at launch, it, it, which is... Uh, it launched... Uh, Little, uh, two days ago, it offers a compen- uh, compendium, uh, which comes with all the game rules, lore, and adventures, as well as necessary tools like character builder and an interactive digital character sheet. Uh, it's built with official D and D content, <clears throat> and the ability to create and add your own custom homebrew spells, magic items, and monsters. Nice. So, you can create your own shit and put it up there, and people can vote on it and. Pick it up if they like it. That's cool. Yeah. That, that is really cool. Uh, groups can play with digital versions of every official D&D source book within the compendium. And they can build characters using all the materials published by the 5th edition. While adding homebrews which can then be shared to the community for other players to use in their own games. Neat. So it's definitely a wider event and it definitely brings D&D to a more modernized uh, use in terms of um, using computers and making everything a lot easier. That girl's way too excited. <laughs> For Garth Brooks, of all people. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, like, that sounds really cool. Like, I think that it brings kind of into the 21st century a little yeah. bit. And, um, yeah, especially now where you have, at least the internet kind of bringing out in social media and YouTube and podcasts, uh, bringing out the more communal aspect of D&D. Right, and if you want to get just a quick glimpse of what D&D is and if you like it, yeah, watch Harmon Quest. Yeah, that's a good example. That's a very good example. It's a 20, The episodes are only 20 minutes. Uh, it was on CISO. I guess now it's going to be on 
VRV. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or you can find some stuff on YouTube. Check it out if you like it. It's very, the episodes are very quick. Yeah, another good example is, yeah. um, I know we're going to bring up uh, uh, Waypoint yep. in a second. Um, Austin Walker, uh, editor-in-chief over there, he also does another podcast called Friends at the Table. Which is his um, role playing podcast he does with his friends. Okay. And so, yeah, uh, they have a few seasons of that under the belt, too. So, if you want to check out kind of different, kind of less celebrity driven version <laughs> of that same idea, uh, yeah, check his stuff out. So, yeah, um, it's it's a real interesting space. Hey, who knows? Maybe Media Boat will get in on that uh, space pretty soon here. Yeah. If we can get people to do it. <laughs> well, we have one person who yeah, may want to do it. Yeah, we have two people in this apartment yeah. that seem on board. Yeah. So one, two, we could probably get Mark, that's three. Yeah, probably. We just really need, all we really need is a DM. Right. A Dungeon Master. Just make John do it. <laughs> I don't know if John wants to do it. He's already having trouble with yeah, his Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if he wants to do another one. Yeah. And he who's it. I mean, I could take a stab at it. It's actually... No, remember, Malia said we, you should not be the DM. Oh, yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'll try to break everyone. Screw everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's not do that. Okay. Okay, uh, so, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Fallout 4? Yeah. What's up with that? It's coming back. And did it ever leave? I don't know. <laughs> okay. But uh, What's up with it? Bethesda and Fallout 4 will be making a Game of the Year edition. Sure, because oh. that was probably someone's Game of the Year. <laughs> Somewhere. It will arrive on <laughs> September 26th. Okay. And this will include the latest gameplay updates, including survival mode. Uh, graphical enhancements, the ability to play mods for free on PC and consoles, plus all six official add-ons, including Nuka World, Vault Tech Work- Workshop, Contraptions Workshop, Far Harbor, Wasteland Workshop, and Automatron. Okay, cool. <coughs> so basically everything. Yeah. Give or take. It will be available on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And to help celebrate this, Bethesda will be re-releasing the limited edition Pip-Boy Collector. Oh, cool. That thing. Yeah. Exclusively in North America, select retailers for $100. Sorry, rest of the world. Suck it. If you missed it the first time, you're going to miss it again. Yep. Or just pay for the American version and then get shipped. Yep. Because global sales. Global. Okay, cool. Yep. And that brings us to uh, what you brought up. Yeah. Waypoint. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is kind of crossover. This actually should have been our segue from television into video games because we literally talked about Disney XD. Yeah, probably. But oh well. <laughs> We're not great at segues here. And neither is the segue. No, segue is not great at segues <laughs> either. So yeah, um, we mentioned Waypoint, uh, the uh, Vice uh, Network's video gaming website. Yep. And uh, podcast and video empire yep. <laughs> run by the aforementioned Austin Walker. They made a deal with which we already knew about with Disney uh, XD as part of their Disney XP yes. uh, video game programming block. Yep. Which already has content uh, sponsored by video game website IGN. But this is a different deal that they did with Waypoint to do a show, and it premieres tonight. Yep. Uh, Waypoint will present a. It's called Waypoint, Waypoint Presents. Okay. And it will be a documentary style series covering games, the people that make them, and the communities that play them. Cool. Uh, it's more than that, actually. It's a series about how and why we play games, as well as it shows the real stories behind 
bitter esports rivalries, Ooh. the secrets of game development, okay. the ways that role-playing and speedrunning communities have come together to support each other, and the different forms that fandom and devotion can take even within the same communities. Cool. Uh, it premieres tonight yep. at 10 o'clock um, Pacific. Pacific. 7 o'clock Eastern. So your 10 o'clock local time. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, first two games. Uh, will feature two games. The first one being Hyper Light Drifter, okay, which is a two D action RPG, which looks super cool. Looked super cool when I missed it when it came out. And they're also going to do Super Hypercube, oh. which is a VR game. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also seemed really cool. So yeah, I, I like the stuff that they do, and I'm excited for them to be on television. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to check that out probably after we finish this podcast. See, even podcasts can be on TV. Even podcasts can be on television. Come on, <laughs> make a deal with us. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. let's do it. No, uh, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so, cool. What else we got? That brings us to the last part. The bits. The bits. So, real quickly, Crackdown 3. <laughs> Delay. You called this one, I think. We think you called this one. I'm not sure if we ever actually recorded you saying that you thought that that wasn't going to come out this year, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, delayed till spring 2018. I think when I saw that there wasn't gonna, there, was, there was no release date at E3, I said expect that to come out next year. Then. Yeah. So yeah, the the bad news is, is that yeah, if you were looking forward to Crackdown, um, then. You won't get it this year, this calendar year, which means their only exclusives are going to be the rare developed Sea of Thieves and uh, something else that I just read and I totally am skipping, is skipping my brain right now. There are two exclusives yet to come, but the Crackdown will be missing the year and they will not have it. Right, and not only that, but in terms of exclusives, the Nintendo Switch will pass Xbox One exclusives yeah. by the end of September. Okay, but they have the X coming out this year. Hopefully, that'll help them out. With what game? Sea Thieves. I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. So, yeah, um, the good news, though, for people uh, that are fans of Crackdown is that, is that hopefully this means the game's even better. And so. Uh, and hopefully, they'll get Terry Crews to voice it. Maybe, because the buzz after E3 was not exactly super positive. Right. Seemed, it seemed like a lot of people were just like, well, this looks like Crackdown, but nothing special. So maybe some uh, few more months in the cooker here in the oven will uh, get make, it make it well done ready for prime time exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we also have uh, another news. We have Okami HD uh, coming for a Christmas release on both the PS4 and Xbox One. Okay, they had already done a uh, HD uh, for the re-release PS3. for PS3 because that is a PS2 game. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Okami is good. I played a lot of Okami back in the PS2 days. Yep. Uh, Blizzard's online client will get an official name change. Again. Again. Yeah. So uh, it's called Battle.net. Right. It will now be called Blizzard Battle.net. Yeah, after you know they had said that they were going to switch it just to Blizzard and they weren't going to use the uh, yep. Battle.net name. Apparently they've been back on that now. Battle.net is still the name. Yep. But they're just and expanding. And they wanted... The branding. Yep. And they want everything in print media and everywhere to, to refer to it as Blizzard, Blizzard Battle.net. Battle. Maybe they're worried or that Blizzard Battle.net. Maybe they're worried that Battle.net is too generic. Battle.net, yeah. And they want people to say Blizzard more. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, still. Garth Brooks just stole that lady's phone. Yep. And lastly, in the bits... Uh, computer is smarter than human. As OpenAI, you don't say. As OpenAI beats 
the world's top professionals at 1v1 matches of Dota 2. Oh, no. During the Dota International. Oh, no. That's like when, when Watson was on Jeopardy. Yeah. He beat Ken Jennings. <laughs> did, that happened, right? Yes, he won. Yeah, I think he beat Ken Jennings. Watson did. Yes. But yeah, uh, that, man, that's, that's rough for people. Yep. But not surprising AI's, because no, it's AI's literally a smarter. video game. Yep, AI's getting smarter. Yep. All right. Ready here? I'm ready for music, and that means I'm ready for Billboard. Billboard. I have them up in two tabs this time, so I'm not going to make last right. week's mistake. <laughs> I learn. I adapt. All right. Your top 100. This is the singles chart this week. Wow. Ooh, singles. Another week where it barely moved. Number one is still Despacito. Luis Fonzi, Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. Yep. Still biggest song of the week the year um, has passed um, uh, Ed Sheeran's Shape of You is now the longest charting single in 2017 okay um, number two Wild Thoughts DJ Khaled featuring Rihanna and Bryson Tiller three Unforgettable by French Montana featuring Sway Lee number four Believer Imagine Dragons moving up from five last week and number five moving into the top five this week Attention by Charlie Puth Charlie Puth is back tell your friends your album list, your top 100, 200. 200. That's a 200, Billboard 200. Uh, also had some weird moves this week. Number one, again, after some weeks off, damn, Kendrick Lamar. Damn. Back at number one. Because well, uh, he's been doing some press uh, around the last couple weeks, so I'm wondering if people uh, are thinking about Kendrick again. Yeah. Um, that 444 Jay-Z album. Not on the top five. Really? Because, number two, Brett Eldridge is Brett Eldridge. Brett Premier's number Premier. two this week. Yes, that's the one thing he's good at. Number three, Grateful by DJ Khaled moves up a little bit. Wins Another and Losses one? by Meek Mill is at number four. And number five, debuting at number five this week. Now, guess what now we're on. I want you to guess a number. Um, 69. You were very close. 63. Oh, okay. Now 63 debuts at number five this week. 63. Wow. Which, oh, 444 for your reference is number 11, just out of the top 10. Yep. Moana Watch is number 15. That, that thing's coming up on a year, and it's still top 20. Yeah, not bad. All right, Wait. that's your billboard. What do we got yep. for music? Uh, new releases. Yeah, we got to talk about that. That's true. Yep. We have uh, ASAP Ferg, or yes. A dollar sign app Ferg. No, that's ASAP. You were the yep. first time. Uh, with <laughs> Still Striving. Hey, he's still striving. Go ahead. You're, you'll always be striving. Always. Uh, then we have Everything, Everything with Fever Dream. Okay. Ghost Poet with Dark Days and Canopies. Ghost Poet's a good name. We have Grizzly Bear with okay. Painted Ruins. Yep. Mosey with One Up Top Ock. Sure. <laughs> Fora with Yours Truly Forever. Mine. Okay. Rainer Maria, S&T. Their first, uh, their first album in six years, I think. Making mm. comeback. Right. We Ray Wiley Hubbard. Tell the devil I'm getting there as fast as I can. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Send him a note. Uh, by post. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We also have Steve Wilson, to the bone, Ooh. and Uncle with the Road, Part One. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not a great week, but sure. Yeah. Okay, we. Uh, what else? All right. So in terms of actual uh, news, we've got this guy to talk about. Who's that? Briefly, that be Drake. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Okay, what's up with Drake? So the reason Drake's up here is because he's not up there. Up where? 
up in the top 100. Uh. This is the first time Drake has, has not had a song in the top 100 since 2009. Wow. That's actually kind of a long time. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, his first time being out since his first song, Best I Ever Had. Is this just because none of the singles from More Life really clicked? Maybe. Because what was the one single from, uh, I think the one single from More Life was uh, 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 Passion Fruit. And I heard that on the radio occasionally, but maybe it just didn't stay. Weird. Yep. Well, uh, guess how many weeks he had within the top 100? Oh, I don't know. Well, if it was consistent since 2009, then just multiply 52 by 8 years. Okay, so what do you get? I don't like math. You do it. <laughs> I have the number right in front of me. Okay, then say it. 431 weeks. Woo! That's a long time. Um, this includes either songs that he started or featured on. Okay. Uh, previously, Drake became the first ever artist to log eight straight years on the top 100 beginning in May 2009 with yep. uh, your leader or the feature role. The next closest is Lil Wayne. Wow. 326 consecutive weeks. And then it goes down from there to <laughs> Katy Perry yep. and Rihanna. Well, that makes sense, but yeah, man, that's weird. I feel like, yeah, it just didn't make the impact he wanted it to. Yeah. Or maybe there's just been so much music this I guess there's, there's just so much music since. Since, then, yeah, everything's kind of eclipsed the Drake thing. Everybody thought, hey, just assumed Drake's eclipse. thing was always going to be the biggest thing. Not so much. Yeah. You got, you know, Kendrick yeah. right after it. There are other rappers out there. There are other rappers, including. Including Taking a Chance. Mr. Chance, the rapper. Yeah. Tell me about Chance the Rapper. So Chance the Rapper is once again being a bomb-ass bomb citizen. Seriously. Um, and, uh, yeah. So the Grammy Award winning artist, uh, Chance the Rapper, rode through the streets of Chicago as Grand Marshal of the Bud Bilkin Parade, a.k.a. Chicago's Back to School Parade. Bud Bilkin. Uh, <laughs> which, during the parade, he gave out... 30,000 backpacks a lot of backpacks. to kids along the parade route, which were filled with school supplies for the upcoming year. Earlier this year, he uh, we reported that he donated $1 million to the Chicago Public Schools. So, yep. chance nice. thing, chance. And yeah. Chance thing, awesome still. Jeez, yeah. He's one of those one of those people who you know will just always always help out his community. Yep. Which is good. Yeah, that's really good. Yep. Really good for chance. We love reporting on good stories like that. Always. Yeah. What else do we got? Any more good stories or just well, we some good stories? stories. <laughs> we got some stories. Okay. So that so who's that? You tell me. I cannot read it from here. That is Bonnie Tyler. Okay. And on August twenty uh, first, she will be the biggest name in music. Because there's an eclipse. Because there's an eclipse. I thought that that's where this was going. That's where this is going. Oh man. So yeah, uh, she of course is famous for the song Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yes. And so thus, expect to hear that a lot on a, when we're having a, the eclipse. So, yes, a solar eclipse. Yes. On, on August 21st. Yeah, Monday. Yep. But for a select few, it'll be even special. Okay, why? As if you happen to be on the Total Eclipse cruise. <laughs> Which departs, which is a part of the Royal Caribbean cruise line. Bonnie Tyler on that cruise. Uh, well, 
will depart from Orlando, Florida and be able to experience it as it passes overhead. Is she on that cruise? While this is happening, yes. Bonnie Tyler will be on board the ship <laughs> as a surprise guest totally singing her hit 1983 song, oh my God. Totally Eclipse of the Heart, <laughs> as the eclipse is happening. <laughs> now, the eclipse will only ha- last for 2 minutes and 40 seconds. How long is the song? Which is shorter. <laughs> her song is actually longer. So she'll do a somewhat pared down version of the song as oh, it's happening. that's funny. But, yes, if you happen to be on that cruise, you will get to hear Totally Eclipse of the Heart sung live while the eclipse is happening. That's great. That's great. It's awesome. Cool. Fantastic. Oh, also, if you're on that cruise, uh-huh. you get to have another band play. Okay, who? None other than Joe Jonas himself. Uh-huh. DNCE. Why is DNCE? Playing like, Cake by the Ocean. Why? That has nothing to do with the eclipses. No. Okay. Good to know. They're just. I thought you were going to tell me that they had a song about eclipses. No. 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 They're, they're just also on that. They're cruise. just also there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so expect to wake up. No, that's his brother. Yes. Well, you're gonna have Cake by the Ocean. He's gonna make a bacon joke. <laughs> yeah. like, no, it doesn't work. You smell the bacon. The I, I miss the bacon. All right. Yep. What else do we got in music news? Lastly in news, it is a rather hilarious story. Okay, what? Uh, by Bell and Sebastian. Oh, yeah. The this, UK band. This is pretty funny. So, go ahead. No, no, you can take this one. You have it written down. All right. I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> while on their, their North American tour, uh, they made a stop in North Dakota. So, you know, freshen up, get some supplies, use the yeah. restroom and whatnot. As you do when you're on tour. Right, because it's a huge band of seven people. Yeah, they, they're Plus the crew. And yeah, they're 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 kind of a known quantity. Most like they're pretty big in their scene. Right. So they just performed this past weekend at the Outliners Festival in uh, San Francisco. Yeah. And they're making their way over to play in North Dakota or sorry, not North Dakota, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh-huh. by way of bus. They have to stop in North Dakota at a local Walmart. Right. Wherein. <laughs> They all went in, got their stuff, and left. Yeah. In such a rush, <laughs> they didn't realize that their drummer was missing <laughs> until they got to St. Paul. They left their drummer at Walmart. Yes. <laughs> um, so their drummer, Richard Colburn, was at the Walmart for four hours without a phone or ID. <laughs> he eventually checked into a hotel for the night, where, where then frontman... Stuart Murdoch took to Twitter to solve the problem, tweeting out, <laughs> "If anybody wants to be a hero and get into St. Paul, Minnesota, somehow, yeah. we would really appreciate That's it." That's great. <laughs> so, a publicist in Fargo by the name of Ellen Schaefer uh, found a volunteer to drive the drummer <laughs> to the nearest airport to get him to the show on time. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that's kind of one of those funny stories. It is funny tour stories. That's great, though. And that brings us to our last story of the day. Okay. We'll our last thoughts. Yeah. Kesha had a new album. So we need to talk about Rainbow. And how awesome they are. Okay, yes, rainbows in general. Yeah, yes. I mean, they're pretty cool. Yeah. I like how they're all the colors. Like white. No. Like black. Colors. Yeah, white is all the colors. Col- <laughs> yes. And black is all the colors. The rainbow, you can at least see all the colors. Yes. Uh, anyways, All the colors so Rainbow is Kesha's big comeback record. 
um, kind of a response to the struggle she's had in her legal issues um, that she's had over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, uh, if you, uh, I have more of my thoughts on the website, mediabookpodcast.com. I post an entire post about this. Um, just like that, and just like, uh, well, uh, just like that post, I will, uh, I'm not necessarily going to dwell on, uh, on the personal issues that she's had because we've already addressed them on this podcast. Oh, yeah. And they have, um, yes, they have influenced the work. Um, that she's made here, but ultimately, I don't think it does a service to dwell on that part of it. Instead, I'd like to talk about what this actually is, because if anything, the reviews that I've been reading it's annoyed me how they all lead with, "Here's what's been going on with Catch the last few years." Like, right? I feel like we know that by now. Anyways, um, so yeah, um, so the actual music that's there, ridiculously like. Good, and I don't really understand what how it ended up being so good. Which it's, is really weird because there's nothing congruent about no. this thing. So yeah, uh, she's the most. It's the most experimental she's ever been. It's the most adventurous she's ever been with her sound. She tries all sorts of different kinds of um, of, of kind of genres on. She uh, goes in some un- different directions mm-hmm. that she hasn't gone before, and she does it all very well. Um, it seems like um, that she. And the uh, other people who uh, she has credited as songwriters for the music here um, were very willing to try new things. And it definitely comes across. And, um, yeah, it sounds really good. So, yeah, um, yeah, there's a couple, like, country, there's country yeah, on there. There's there's Dolly influence. Parton. Dolly Parton has a duet uh, on a song that uh, Kesha's mother wrote. Right. Um, there's a couple rock songs. There's a song about Godzilla for some reason. There's a song about Godzilla, which is great. Uh, but yeah, there's some really yeah. good stuff on it. Uh, like I said, there's more of my thoughts specifically on the website, mediabookpodcast.com, if you want to check that out. You go more in depth there. But yeah, we liked it. Uh, so it's definitely an enjoyable uh, listen. Definitely one of the better uh, pop records this year. Yep. Uh, uh, so, look yeah. at you, Katy Perry. Definitely look at you, <laughs> Katy Perry. But yeah, um, we'll probably return to it at the end of the year when we start doing some lists. But yeah. yeah. Um, check out my thoughts if you want to know more and uh, go check it out it's streaming uh, you can buy it in stores it's everywhere yep and you can check out our thoughts at mediabookpodcast.com indeed and if you want to check out check us out on Facebook yes mediabookpodcast uh, just, just on there yep mediabookpodcast uh, twitter we're at mediabookcast yep. uh, youtube yep Mediabook. youtube we do the streaming live show every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock pacific time p.m. Pacific time. Um, right we also have our archive of older shows there as well. If you want a uh, iTunes, I don't even mention iTunes. Yep. iTunes, you can find our audio version of our podcast, and you can subscribe to get us every week. You can also help us out with money. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash mediaboat. Go there and donate as little as a dollar a month, and that'll help us make even more great content <laughs> just like this. Yep. Uh, we, we, every once in a while, we we'll stream uh, video games on twitch.tv slash mediavote, so catch us there for video game content. Yep. Uh, a couple people have asked me if we are on Spotify. Uh, I actually not. looked it up. We're not because you have to pay to be on Spotify. Yeah, there's weird there, like gatekeepers uh, right. to get on Spotify. We have to pay. It's a little bit more of a uh, yeah. It's a little bit more of a um, a hurdle than, than we expected. A different kind of thing. So we won't necessarily be on there anytime soon. Uh, maybe if you have oh, to start on Patreon, maybe that's a future goal that we can aspire to. But in the meantime, yes, check out mediaboatpodcast.com. We update, update the site daily with new news and stories. Check it out. Yep. And that'll do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, us. That's good for this week. So, yes, thank you for joining us. We'll be back for episodes 86 next week. 
on Wednesday night at 8. Catch us then. Peace. Bye. Bye.